0: Good morning, good morning. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, As Pastor Ricky said, uh, my name is Joseph, and uh, I'm the young adults pastor and the men's pastor at Bridgeway. Um, I first just want to say it's an honor to be here. Uh, And what excites me is that, like Pastor Ricky said, I've known him since he was like this big, like 11, 12. So I've, I've, I've got to see... the the process of God in a person's life, coming out of just being a crazy knucklehead to salvation, to the sanctification process that God does in a person's life, and then also growing him up to be a man of God and being a father and and a a husband and just being a jewel in this place. You guys, let 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 me just say, you guys have a gem, and I hope you understand that. I hope you realize that. I hope you pray for him. I hope you just don't, you know, say, hey, that's Pastor Ricky right there. Yeah, that's my pastor. Yay. I hope you that isn't all you do. I hope you pray for him daily. Because men and women of God come under attack, and they need their church to rally around them on a daily basis. Amen. Amen. Um, as we were uh, worshiping, I, I wrote something down here, uh, and I wanted to read it. Uh, I want to make sure I get it right. Um, it kind of goes along with what Andrews actually was saying, and it's, it's this. If your life isn't all about the presence of God, then you're missing life. Think about that. If your life isn't about, all about, completely, his presence, then you're missing life. See, too many times we allow the presence of God to be commonplace or to be status quo or just something that comes in and out of our life. No, if it isn't all about your life, then you're missing life. The psalmist wrote, "As a deer pants after the water brooks, so shall my soul panteth after the living God." If you don't seek His presence like you need a cup of water on a hot Florida day, you're missing life completely. You're missing life. So, um, all that's preliminary. Uh, Today, my task or my assignment is to to speak about the importance of memorizing and the importance of meditating on the Word of God. And what I'm going to do is I believe that the the Lord would have me to share my testimony. You're going to see a clip here in a minute. And I'm going to interwoven the scripture in and out as I walk through this season in my life. Because, see, without memorizing and meditating on the Word of God, it is hard even to get into His presence, and it's hard to even come to a place where we can overcome the things of this world. It amazes me, it just amazes me that people call themselves Christians, but they don't know the Word, they don't talk to God. They don't sit down and spend time with him. I'm married. Got a wonderful, beautiful, awesome wife. Uh, Couldn't be here. She broke her or shattered her shoulder, and she's at home. Um, But if I didn't talk to her, if I didn't spend time with her, if I did not tell her that I loved her, believe me, there would come a time when she'd look at me like, okay, what's, what's, what's going on here? Why aren't you speaking to me? Why aren't you communicating with me? Why aren't you becoming a part of my life? Do you really want to be with me? As Christians, we must chase after the living God. Anything short of that, you're not living life. So today, I'm going to share my testimony. Uh, We're going to... Look at that! I pray it blesses you. I pray that in it that that it ministers life to you. Um, and 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 let me share this here. Uh, each and every one of us has a testimony of what God has done in our life, and it should be shared. Revelation twelve eleven tells us that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Here's a thought. The potency and the importance of the testimony is spoken in the same breath as the blood of Christ. Now, do not leave here and say, Pastor Joseph said that my testimony is on the same level as the blood of Christ. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that God in the same breath says we overcome the enemy, Satan, by the blood of the lamb, which was shed on Calvary, and when we share our testimony... The blood washes away sin, the blood gives us life, the testimony of the saints gives us hope. And so, right now, uh, I would just say go ahead, go ahead and run that clip for me and uh, we'll uh, go on afterwards. starts out with a lot of symptoms. Night sweats, chills, fatigue, stabbing pain. The thing that really brought it all to a head was one night where I was laying in bed and for eight hours it felt like somebody was stabbing me with hot knives all in my joints, all over my body. It was so intense that I couldn't even, uh, I couldn't even reach over to touch Jill to wake her up because every time I moved, the pain would just run to my body. And I found out later on when they told me I had stage four large B-cell cancer, that uh, lymphoma cancer, that actually what was happening was the cancer was in my bloodstream. And... It was attacking my joints, my bones, and my muscle. We get in an emergency room. There's doctors and nurses everywhere. And one doctor, he just kind of, he was looking at me and he said, I really feel something is telling me. We need to do an MRI of your whole body. We, we have one of your skull. We know that the pituitary anoma, uh, the tumor, is there. 10 times the size of the pituitary gland. He said, but we need to take a picture of your whole body. They put the MRI, uh, the scans up on a a light box and everybody in the room, by this time Jill has gotten there, everybody in the room, all the medical people are staring at it and they're not looking back at me. And I knew, I knew something was wrong. Because I've seen MRIs before and I've seen scans and I know what a clean one looks like. It looked like somebody took (laughs) powdered sugar and just exploded it inside of my body completely covered. I had lesions all over. I remember saying, Lord, this will not have me. That was my new for this season. That was my new normal. was a battle. A day-to-day battle. And I had about a two-day struggle there where, where I was saying, why me? Why now? I remember saying, God, I'm at a I'm at a great job at a great church. I'm working with great people. I'm down here with some of my best friends. We just moved into a new house. We had only been there three days. Uh, Jill's job was going great. Why? Why now? I remember a day when when things had just slid. After all this happened, I was rapidly, rapidly just dropping off, just going downhill. Um, I remember my wife saying that there was a few nights where she drove home and she said, I, she said, Lord, I don't know if I'm gonna bring him home tonight. I don't know if he'll ever see the new house. And I remember one Tuesday morning, I was, got out of the hospital bed, I was laying in the, the uh, chair and I remember I was just sitting over, blurred vision, my speech was blurred, my, my, uh, I was losing f- my, my faculties, I couldn't control, and I remember saying, man, Lord, this isn't good, this is not good. It was as if my vision was going dark, and I found myself in this dark room, and it was pitch black, I couldn't see in front of my hand. I remember just saying, Lord, if this is, if this is how I'm going to uh, I'm going to go. If, if this is your will, then I'm okay with this. I just pray for peace. And Lord, I pray that, that Joel and the church would take care of my family. And as soon as I said that, I remember that uh, there was a flash of light. I heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm not done with you yet. He said, I'm not done with you yet. And I begin to grab hold of that statement and rest in that peace. Rest in the peace knowing that, that number one, I'm going to be around for a little bit longer. But number two, God's hand is still upon my life. It was interesting because Job 42 talks about Job saying that he's heard of God. Now he sees him with a spiritual eye. And sitting in that peace with God, it it was as if I saw and connected in a point of agreement in the spirit with him. And in December 14th of 2018 was the day I got to ring the bell. And that day was probably one of the most victorious days. And that day I proclaimed that Jesus Christ healed me. Christ, my Lord and Savior because because of him I, I am walking this out and I'm going to be healed in his name and and be able to be a testimony to everyone else who is uh, who is struggling with, with any type of cancer any type of disease and I just want to thank him I can't thank him enough for carrying me through the times whenever I almost died. Uh, three times actually in this process and it was because of him and me being able to hold onto his hand that I could move through this and I could get through this and I can stand here today. My name is Pastor Joseph and this is my Bridgeway story. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen that. I actually help edit it. And every time I hear it, every time I see it, sometimes I can't even look at it because i just the awesome God that we serve. See, I could only get through that because I was... In his presence and recalling words and recalling scripture that I had memorized and meditated on. When you're told multiple times when you're laying in a bed and and your wife is sitting next to you and you've got six doctors and surgeons standing around you and those those, those people are doing what, what they do. They're practicing medicine, and they're saying, they're looking at my wife, and they're saying, "Miss Harrison, nobody comes back from a pituitary enoma, lymphoma cancer, pancreatitis, Legionnaire's disease, and septic. Listen, I, I, I spiked a temperature of 104.5 for eight hours. I laid in an ice blanket, recalling in my heart the word that I hid there and the things that he had spoken and doing everything I could to get his presence around me. They would look at my wife and they say, Miss Harrison, you need to put his affairs in order because he's not going to make it. And, of course, I'm, in the, I'm, I'm, I'm over in the bed like, hey, I'm, I'm here, y'all. I can hear you three times. I believe that it was God's grace and mercy, yes, that healed me and brought me through that but it was God's presence and his scripture that kept me focused. My question to you, brave church, is this. Do you have enough scripture within you to take a Job shot? Can you go 12 rounds with life with the amount of scripture that you have placed in your heart? Because there were times whenever I could not read because I could not see and I couldn't play worship music because I could not hear. But I had to grab hold of what was inside here. See, we have no idea what tomorrow brings. I was in New York City visiting my my son and his family, and I had gone from being a very active person. I was 249, 15% body fat, I'll tell you how much activity and how much I worked out. All the time. I went from that on a Friday to Monday I collapsed. I say that because we think that everything, because everything is going good today, that tomorrow it will be okay. Listen, when you're in the midst of the fight of life, you don't have time to memorize and meditate on scripture. It has got to be there. The importance of Scripture in His presence must be paramount in our lives, because when the Lord allows, and if you're a person who prays, "Lord, I just pray you strengthen my faith," He will allow, because the only way strength can be faith, uh, strength can be. Uh, uh, The only way you can build strength, uh, running ahead in my head. Um, the only way you can build strength is when there's pressure. I tell people all the time, it's parallel this way. If you're a person that says, man, I'm gonna build muscle and I'm gonna get really, really, really uh, just my cardio down and everything's gonna be good and, and, and I'm gonna get real fit. If you go to the gym and you sit on the bench or watch other people lift, do you think you're going to get stronger? Don't think your faith is going to grow without pressure. There's five nuggets I want to talk about today, five nuggets that that I've walked through through this season and even a season I'm in now. I'm in a season right now with, with my wife, an um, interesting season. Just, just briefly, she had a brain tumor, had brain surgery. She was uh, uh, tested positive for COVID. She had a bladder infection. And a couple of weeks ago, she shattered her shoulder all within four weeks. Believe me, I'm holding on to the word of God because I know that's the only thing that is stable. I'm in my car. I'm in my little SUV. I'm in her SUV and I'm driving and I am proclaiming the word of God over my situation. We don't always have time to pick up the Bible and read it. We can't always get out the iPhone or your Android and you plug it into your little USB and get yeah, Bible app. Let's go ahead. Let's put, let's put that man on there, the, the one that's got the Australian accent, because that's what I like. Y'all know how you do. Get in people's car, you go like, wait a minute. I didn't know... The word was in Russian? Five nuggets. The first one is, it's found in Psalms one nineteen eleven, And it's the one we stand on. It is your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. That word treasure there is 6845 in the Greek, and it means to hide, to treasure, to store up. Again, my question to you family is, how much of the word of God do you have stored up in your life? Is his word treasure? Is his word or something that just your your bible sits on the on the table or it's in a drawer somewhere or you may not even have a bible? Is it a treasure? Is it the thing that you grab hold of and you say, I have to read it. I have to have it because it is all I can stand on. Truth nugget number one, the amount of scripture you commit to memory directly correlates to the strength of your foundation and your belief in God. Listen to me. If your foundation is not set upon Scripture, you are on sinking sand. If you are not in the Word studying, getting it to a place where that is your firm foundation, I will tell you this, your faith has a crack in it and your hope has nothing to sit upon. Because faith is constant. Hope is for each event. I hope that God moves here. I hope that God moves here or God touches here. But you have no hope in God if you have no faith as a foundation. Hebrews 13.8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means he does not change. This word does not change. There's not an amendment to it. There's not a clause. It's not affected by situational ethics. It has nothing to do with my morality, your morality, my truth, your truth, anyone's truth. It is the same. That's the reason why as a Christian, we can put our faith in the word of God because it will not change. Tomorrow it will be the same, regardless of any of us believe in it or not. So it is the very thing that we must put our trust in, the very thing that we must meditate upon. The second nugget I want to talk about is the five-second concept. I heard this years ago. Can't remember who it was, but um, they say that in the first five seconds, you determine whether you're going to fight or flight, faith or fear. The first five seconds. When you see something, fight or flight, faith or fear. Some of you are looking at me like, huh? Think about it this way. On, on, if, if, if we go to Africa and on the San Getty, you know, you got that wide open space and you got grass everywhere. You got a lion walking by. You got an antelope doing this. When they both lock eyes, flight, fight, faith, fear. Hopefully I can outrun him, because if I don't, it's over. Fight or flight. When you first hear news, when you first hear something that is not right, not positive, when I first heard the doctor say, you have cancer, the first thing that I did was, that will not have me. My mind began to scroll and try to figure out where is a scripture that I can stand on right now so that I will not allow negative or fear to grip my heart. I had to have faith to stand because this is what I know. Whichever one did you connect to, that one you will run with. If you run with fear, it is hard to turn it back around to a stance of faith. I looked at the doctor and I told him, that will not have me. I'm going to stand on the word of God. Now, thankful he was a Christian, he went to our church. So he didn't look at me like I was crazy. As you know, you know, some doctors, they'd be like, mm, that's nice. I'm I'm so glad you believe that way. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding, and always acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. That word trust there is 982, and it means to trust to have trust and confidence, be confident, to be bold, and to be secure. The only way that you can be bold and feel secure is when you've allowed yourself to meditate upon Scripture and the Word of God that you have placed in your heart. My question to you is this. When you hear bad news, what's your response? Faith or fear? Again, if it's fear, that's a struggle to come back from. So beforehand, we should spend time meditating on his word, getting into his presence, memorizing scripture. Truth nugget number two. I can draw from the word I've hidden in my heart to chart my course. Daniel tells us this. It's this one of my favorite scriptures Daniel uh, 3 17 through 18. It's, uh, if I can set it up, it's Nebuchadnezzar is about ready to throw the three into the fiery furnace. And they're going back and forth on this dialogue and Nebuchadnezzar is saying, okay, you wouldn't bow, so I have to throw you in. And the Hebrew children are looking at him and they're like going, go ahead, do what you got to do, but I'm going to do what I got to do. And there's a couple of scriptures that they speak that one of the first times I read it, I thought, oh, this has got to be my stance with the word of God. And in 17, it says, if it be so, they're looking at Nebuchadnezzar, they're saying, if it be so, if you're going to throw us in there, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. 18, this phrase right here describes the stance and the belief they have. It says, but even if he does not, if I can stop right there for a moment. Too many times we, our prayer and our faith is in the answer. It's in the answer. We pray, God, God. I just pray that you heal my, uh, my, 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 my mother, my brother, whoever it is. God, I, I, I believe that. I believe that you can heal them. And when he does not, we go, God. Where's God? Our faith should not be in the answer, but be in the one who gives the answer. Because if your theology is set up on what God will and will not do, then your theology will crack every time he doesn't answer the way you want him to. Newsflash. This thing we call the kingdom of God in Christianity has nothing to do with us. It's got everything to do about him. So he answers the way which is best for the kingdom of God. Listen, I spent six months at Moffitt. I did not want to be there. I prayed and I, I believed every day that I would come out of Moffitt. But every time I woke up, I'd look at these people and they were poking me and prodding me, telling me to roll over. And I was showing parts of my body that no one should see except for my mom. And I'm like, Lord Jesus! But it was because. He not only wanted me to have a testimony, but he wanted to do something inside of me. He didn't answer it the way I wanted him to answer it because I wanted, like, microwave, stick it in, one minute. No, man, really, 30 seconds. Beep, (laughs) bing, we're done. No, but the Lord had a a different purpose for my life. my faith is not in the answer. My faith is in the one who brings the answer. And I know that sooner or later, he will bring the answer. The third nugget I want to look at, ooh, Lord, five minutes and 52 seconds. I'm only halfway there, y'all. I'll talk fast if you'll listen faster. I got one mouth, you got two ears. Number three, the word brings understanding in the midst of the storms of life. James 1, 2 through 4 says this, consider it all joy. How many times have you sat back when you're going through a trial, a storm in life, you said, ooh, this is joyous. Lord says, consider it joy. My brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect, let it have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. We can't be complete till we go through something. One of the things that the Lord showed me while I was in the hospital was his purpose. I've alluded to it. Um, And his purpose in John 1910, it is to, the Bible says that he came, Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost. Why should my purpose be any different? Why should my focus be any different? Oh, you know, that's not my season. That's not my season, Pastor Joseph. No, oh, I'm that's that's not who I am. God didn't make me that way. No, 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 no. That's the word of God. If Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost, and if Jesus tells us at the end of Matthew to go into the world and make disciples without any restrictions, he didn't say go make 12. He didn't say, go just to Wesley Chapel and make five here and go to Lutz and make three here. He said, go, make them. Testimony, purpose. See, when you begin to meditate and you memorize and you sit there and all you can do is lay somewhere or even if you're just taking a leisurely bike ride, and you meditate upon the word of God, God will speak. He will bring understanding. He will unfold his will for your life. Truth nugget number three, meditating on the word of God gives the spirit of God entrance to speak purpose and truth. Purpose and truth. As a young adult pastor, I hear I hear my young adults say, "Ask me, Pastor Joseph. I, I I don't know what my purpose is in life." John 19:10, Matthew 28:18. Start sharing. Do the things what you know. Meditate on it. Pray on it. Get into His presence. Allow his presence to saturate you till it drips off of you and you walk into a place where there is darkness and darkness flees because darkness cannot be in the same place as light and you begin to just be a bearer of light. It all comes from sitting in his presence, meditating upon his word. Nugget number four, change your narrative. One of the things that I did when Pastor uh, Joel came into my room, I had been in Moffitt for about four or five days. I was in Wesley Chapel for two weeks. And I knew, I knew I wasn't, I wasn't leaving anytime soon. And I knew that I had to put together a team of people. I knew that I need people around me that were positive, that knew the word, that spent time in the presence of God. Why? Because I knew that all I was about ready to do for the next season of life was to focus upon his word and fighting and beating this. My question, my question once again, family, Is his word part of your narrative? Or do you speak the things of the world? Do you spend time listening to podcasts and crazy stuff on the internet and you're flicking through your social media? Nothing wrong with that. Don't throw hate ma- don't, don't don't email me and be ugly. But if you put garbage in, garbage comes out. If you put the word of God in, then the word of God comes out. Your narrative will change. See, one of the things I knew was that I had to speak even in the midst of when it didn't look like it was going to change, I had to speak the word of God. And I had to have people around me that was speaking the word of God and it was positive. Not anybody was being crazy. Oh, bless God, brother Joseph. If the Lord wants to heal, yes, he wants to heal me. Well, I pray and hope that his peace becomes a part of it. The Bible tells us that he wants us to move and sit in his peace. Why? Because the Bible tells us that the peace of God is, it, it, it transcends all. The Bible tells us that it will guard our hearts and our mind in Christ Jesus. Out of his word is where that peace comes. That word fill there, I read this and I, 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 I about ran around the room in my office. That word fills there is uh, 4052 in the Greek. It means abundance in which one delights of that which fills, get to catch this, that fills the heart, that which is left over, residue, and remains. I was sitting there and I was thinking about that, 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 that definition and it's almost as if that definition says regardless of how much I, I place inside of me and I give out, there is still some that remains and even if I don't think it remains or if I think that I'm empty, there's still a residue of it that is still a part of my life. See, the word of God gets in us and grabs hold of us. The Bible tells us that it changes us. It doesn't leave you. It gets on you, and it don't get off you. Sit in his presence. Meditating on a word. Meditating on that which I memorized. See, there was times I was laying in a bed, and I I alluded to this, where, where I was just laying like this. I remember, just remembered, there was a time they had to do a spinal tap, and they had to make sure that the cancer wasn't in my spine, in the spinal fluid. And what happened was is they had to pull that out where well, they left a hole in my spine and they told me, they said, for the next six hours, you've got to lay on your back flat. You can't move, you can't get up. I said, what if my brother got to go to the bathroom? They said, you got to lay there. I had to lay there. Couldn't move. And all I could do was think about how bad it was. No, all I could do was recall the word of God. All I could do was dwell upon the things of God because I knew that as long as I meditate on his word, that fear would not grab my heart, that faith would, and it would not be a flight, but it would be a fight. See, some of you are sitting in a situation right now where someone has told you or given you negative or bad news and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what are we going to do? Back up, breathe, regroup, let's grab a whole of the Word of God. Nugget number four, meditating on the Word of God causes the Word of God to be engrafted to my spirit man. Number five, strength to pull from. One of the things that I found in whenever I was in the hospital, I always pray and ask the Lord to give me when, when, whenever I go into a season or to the beginning of the year, I always pray, Lord, give me a scripture for this season. I, I want something to stand on for right now. What is it that you want to speak to me? And I was so blessed that I asked for one, and the Lord gave me three. He actually gave me three scriptures and two songs. Two songs I listened to on the average of 25 times a day. I listened to Resurrecting 25 times at least a day. It was on, like, repeat because I wanted to get that inside of me because that was something that he gave me personally. But the, song, the excuse me, the scriptures that I I read um, that he gave me one was James one verses two through four, and then the other was Job forty two five. Which just quick. Job 42.5, it, it's, it's amazing what God does whenever we spend time in his presence and when we meditate upon him. Because Job here, he goes through 42 chapters and he comes to a place where he's on the other side of this crazy season. And Job says this, he says, he, he says before I used to just hear about you, now I see you. There's something about the word of God that reveals God. That's a whole nother talk. 2 Kings 6, 15, and the band can come up. Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, Behold, an army with horses and chariots are circling around the city. Now, let me preface what's happening here. Elisha and his servant are running from a army. Think about it. There's an army that is chasing them. Why they needed a whole army to get two men, I don't know. But there was a whole army that was chasing them and... Elisha is speaking, and he says, And his servant said to him, At last, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear. When you're sitting in a situation, when you get that news, you do not fear, but you begin to get anchored into the word of God in which you have placed in your heart. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. He's painting a picture. The army that you see has nothing on the people that your beings you're about ready to see. And it says, Then Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain. Think about this. The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When we allow ourselves to get in a place where the scripture becomes so much a part of our bodies, when the presence of God is so much a part of us, we can realize that yes, there's a situation that's going on. See, when I got that scripture, cancer was full blown through me. I had lost 70 pounds in six weeks. I was dropping like that. My, my muscles began to atrophy, I couldn't walk. I had to learn to walk. But when the Lord gave me that scripture, what he was saying was, this is what's going on in your life. Don't discount it. Don't do like some would say, "Uh, I don't have faith, so I'm not going to say it's there. No, it's there. It had gripped my body. But what the Holy Spirit was saying was, acknowledge, step past into the spirit where I sit there's more on the hills and the mountain than there is behind you. This is small in comparison to what I'm about ready to do. See, there's some of you that when you begin to get into the scriptures, God is going to reveal to you what is around you. He's going to reveal to you what he has for you. He's going to reveal to you how you're going to walk through this. Listen, I'm not here saying you're going to be able to name it, claim it, it blab it, grab it, or anything like that. I don't, I don't believe in that prosperity message. I do believe that that God will give you the tools to walk through a season and it's found in His Scripture. See, I knew that, that cancer had a hold of me. But I also knew that if I stayed in his spirit, that I continued to meditate upon his word, that when I could, I would memorize his word, and not anything specific, i just begin to memorize whatever I read that day. That what it would do is this, it would take me from this place into a place of the Spirit where He dwells. And as long as I can be in His presence, as long as I can sense His Spirit, as long as I can be in His place, in His hands, in His heart, then I knew it would be okay. See, I told told my family, first couple of weeks, I said, listen, guys, regardless of what happens, live or die, we will be men and women of God, and we will not leave his presence, and we will not proclaim anything outside of his word. That's all because we had hidden his word in our heart. Before I let, let these guys go, I just, just, just hit me in my brain. I'm going to go ahead and say, some of you guys here, your parents, and you kind of like, well, well, my son, my daughter, they, they, they kind of want to come to church and they don't want to read their word and they, they don't. Listen, you are the parent. Your house talk like a black mama. talk like my mom would talk to me i pay rent here i put clothes on your back i put food in your belly you will go to church you will be a part of what's going on in the youth in the, in the student ministry you will read your word turn off tiktok They're scrolling, they're controlling your environment. You wonder why your house is going crazy. You wonder why you walk in and you think, man, I, this, this don't feel like the Spirit of God at church. This what I don't know what's going on here. I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to pray, trying to do whatever, but it's it's ah, what's going on? They're controlling your environment. Mom and dad, 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 everybody females and kids close your ears dad put on the big boy pants and a belt and be a man of God yeah I got one person to halfway clap probably cause he's sitting by his wife and he like I don't know I don't know if I should clap real loud be a man of God take control of your environment Kids up to be men and women of God. Nurture your wife as you follow Christ. That's what's key. Because if you're not following Christ, that's the reason why they're doing this. Take inventory. Amen? men. At this time, um, I want to invite the prayer team to come up. Truth nugget number five. Meditating on the word of God gives you strength to stand. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to turn it over to Andrews and the band. But I want to pray for each and every one of you because I believe that with all that goes on and all that we go back and forth with in life, It is tough. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to be a parent. Again, I'm a men's pastor and a young adult's pastor. I understand that. That that does not escape me, nor is it light. I'm not just flippantly saying that. I understand that. But I do understand that there is a time where we need to grow up and be who God has called. got to lead our kids. We've got to lead our families. So that's going to be my prayer for you guys. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you first for the opportunity, the opportunity to be able to bring your word. Father, I thank you that you are a God, that when I fall short in representing you or presenting your gospel that you will fill in the blanks and you will allow your spirit to move upon these hearts. Father I pray for each and every person here that they Lord God would walk away from here changed that everyone would take a nugget of truth whether it is something I said or something that they thought about that you placed into their hearts God I pray that lives would be changed. Hearts would be mended.